Goosebumps number 46, How to Kill a Monster by R.L. Stein. Step one, run. Step two, run fast. Home Alone, Suisse Monster. Gretchen and her stepbrother Clark hate staying at their grandparents' house. Grandpa Eddie is totally deaf, and Grandma Rose is obsessed with baking. Plus, they live right in the middle of a dark, muddy swamp. Things couldn't get any worse, right? Wrong! Because there's something really weird about Grandma and Grandpa's house. Something odd about that room upstairs. The one that's locked? The one with the strange noises coming from it? Strange growling noises. Listener, Listener beware. beware. You're, You're in for a Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. <laughs> Saber's hungry. Stay out of the basement! I must have your beautiful hands. You know how much I love how you And I want my bride. <laughs> you must drink or treat forever. Happy Halloween. Viewers beware. You're in for a scare. Oh, oh, hi. Oh, hello, I didn't see you there. Oh, what are you doing way out here? What are you doing down there? You guys, welcome to Welcome to Deadcast. You guys, welcome to Welcome to How to Kill a Monster. I'm Daniel Montgomery. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery. And we, we love, love monsters. So, um, we're gonna find out today how to kill a monster. Well, step one is to run, and step two is to run faster. Lol. Cute. This book came out in August 1996. Mm. What a great year. And, Matthew, tell me about the cover of this book. I feel like this book this book cover is, like, one of our, like, iconic Goosebumps book oh, covers. Oh, sensual. Am I wrong? Like, No, you're uh, never first wrong. First of all, there was, this book's only been printed twice. There was a reprint in September 2003 mm-hmm. um, with the same T. Tim Jacobus cover. There was never a repaint of the cover. Um, but this one, the original colors are, like, a dusty pink. And like a swampy blue, like a swampy cerulean. They're very, they're they're probably my two favorite colors when I was young. Oh, that you think bright so? blue and that neon pink. Oh yeah, it's a real pretty kitty. Um, and the cover of the book is, you know what? It's kind of like a um, Tim Jacobus updated stay out of the basement a little bit. Accurate. Even though it wasn't, it was what, Jim Thiessen? Is that the guy who did the... Um... Uh, uh, East St. Laurent, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think it was. Yeah, I think we need a jacket here. Um, uh, this, okay, I'll just, I'll, wow, it's time to talk about the cover now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a hallway that's like a burnt... Not a burnt, like a red-orange hallway with a light switch on the outside. Um, and there is a door opening um, with a, sh- a shiny, fat brass key sticking out of that door hole. Law keyhole. There we go. And a- the door is opening. It's being opened by a monster. And 
in I'll talk about the monster in a second, but in the room we can see into the room. It looks like a boy's bedroom with Aww, like a baseball cap cute. hanging off the headboard. That's so cute. And like clothes hanging out of the dresser. But there's like a monster peeking out of the boys' room, and by monster, I just we just see monster hands. We see furry green hands with like really sharp cat claws that are kind of opening the door and coming out to to say hello. Um, I f- I feel like this is such. If you guys haven't seen, I just always assume everyone's always seen every go- seen all of the Goosebumps covers. They have. If uh, yeah, well, for if for some stupid reason you haven't seen the cover of How to Kill a Monster, Google it now because it's. It's gorgeous. It is. It's very beautiful. It's been the background of both of our phones for a while now, and I'm gonna be sad to see it go. I know the next the ne- next episode, uh, Legend of the Lost Legend. Um, we'll talk about that next time. But I was gonna talk about that. It's it'll be very different to have that as the background of your phone as opposed to how to kill you know, a monster. I'm gonna talk about it now, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah. Legend of the Lost Legend. It I is the only Goosebumps book. Well, besides Monster Blood Four. Those two books are the only ones that I have read only once. Wow. And you know what? I don't remember Legend of the Lost Legend. I, re- I remember it. In fact, I really like it. Um, and But what's funny about How to Kill a Monster to me is... <clears throat> this is going to sound so strange, Daniel, and, and really strange to the listeners. Um, but um, when I think of this book, I think of blueberry pancakes. Yes. And I, I for some reason... When I was starting to read this book, I it, I know it doesn't make sense the plot, but for some reason I always had it in my mind that How to Kill a Monster starts off with a grandma making blueberry pancakes, and I always thought about pancake batter filled with blueberries and what that pancake batter tastes like, and then smearing it all over my clothes, and how it feels and tastes to smear blueberry pancake batter all over your face and clothes. Well, you know, that sounds like something we'll absolutely have to do with our Goosebumps party that we're well, inevitably going to have. Well, what's funny is that's have. not how the book opens at all. Oh, not and, even close. And in fact, there there is a blueberry pancakes moment that is like a sentence that's like later in the book. But for some reason, well, I built it up in my head that this is the blueberry pancakes book. Well, there, you know, it's more than a sentence. There's a good, there's a good, you know, plot point with blueberry pancakes, and it's making me very hungry for Oof, those flapjacks. I was born hungry. Shit. So let's get let's 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 roll up our sleeves and get into it. Yeah, well, I think maybe the first thing we'll do is um, when this original copy that came out. I don't know how they survived all these years, Daniel, but we have the Goosebumps trading cards in the book, and I wanted to read what the trading card ha- for how to excuse me how to kill a monster has to say. By all means, number forty six. It's a, it's a cute little trading card that's like perforated, but we like didn't detach it. Yeah, um, it's still stuck in the book. Well, it fell out of the book while I was reading it. <gasps> no. I know, but I still have it. I have it here. It's it's like a bookmark. Um, it says, Goose Number 46, How to Kill a Monster, starring Gretchen Allen. I love the name Gretchen, by the way. Gretchen Allen. Oh, our cool. Our narrator. She loves telling scary stories. Um, Clark Allen. Gretchen's scaredy cat stepbrother. <sighs> Grandpa Eddie. Just call him hard of hearing. Grandma Rose. Look out, Betty Crocker. She's a bakeaholic. Setting, Mud Town, a dark, marshy swamp in southern Georgia. The real deal. Question. This is a joke. Do you know how, do you know how a monster counts to 30? Answer. On his fingers. <sighs> that joke is guaranteed to kill a monster, says oh. R.L. Stein. Now, this book, to me, the episode is... It, it, 
when you're watching the television episode, which we'll talk about later, it really seems to me like this. It this seems more obvious to me. Um, but it's kind of a mishmash hodgepodge of some previous episodes or books we've had before mm-hmm. a little bit. It's kind of like um, it's a little monster blood. It's a mix between Werewolf of Fever Swamp, Ghost Beach, Monster Blood, and Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. That is the most accurate sentence I've heard in a very long time. And I think the book is more successful than the television episode for sure. You think? I know so. And it kind of takes... Um, anyway, I, I feel like I'm talking a whole lot this episode. Oh my gosh, please do. Well, um, I just love talking about Goosebumps is all... Um, but let's, Don't let's stop. Let's get into it, and then I'll, I'll pepper in some thoughts. Pepper Ann. Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann, much too cool for seventh grade. Pepper Ann, she's like one in a million. Gretchen, uh, I'll be repeating some info, but our but our protagonists are uh, Gretchen and Clark. Gretchen's really the the first person. Gretchen narrator and Clark are here. such satisfying names. If anyone's listening and your name is Gretchen or Clark, like girl, they're both great 12... pancakes on me. Whoop! They're both twelve years old. They're step siblings, um, and they have been since they were very young. This is the first time. I'm yawning. I'm tired. This is the first time that we've dealt with steps. Divorce. Steps. Yeah, we dealt with divorce. I'm just kidding. Everything has been really traditional white families, pretty much, with a daughter and a son, more or less. More or less. So, um, you know, good for you, R.L. Stein. Diversity. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's have some um, white step siblings. Yes. So they are um, with their parents driving to what's, you know, Mud Town is what they call it, where uh, their grandparents are. This is. Um, the Gretchen's dad's parents and they live deep out in the swamp and the parents got called to Atlanta um, for a some sort of vague work emergency so they have to drop off their son Evan with their great his great aunt Catherine and they go to this funky old toy store and Andy <laughs> I mean is that funny it's like Monster Blood is literally Atlanta as well it's like the same thing like what what is with Atlanta I don't know but it's like in 1996 and was... where do they work are they like are they deer swamp scientists no that's the werewolf of fever swamp Arlstein loves swamps. So they are um, on their way there, uh, and it's Gretchen Clark, the parents, and their golden retriever, Charlie. I'm so used to dogs dying in horror movies that when I was, when I, re- I don't remember there being a Charlie or a dog in this book, and I was like, fuck, the dog's gonna die. And I was like, he does. The only time there's ever dogs in Goosebumps books is for them to die. And then I was like, oh, wait, these aren't horror movies. These are literally books for children. So I was like, oh, okay. But I was like, I, I immediately thought of it, of it as a plot device. And I'm like, how is Charlie going to tie Didn't into this later? did Barky get choked in Night of the Living Dummy? Wait, what? It wasn't the, I can't remember the dog's name in Night of the Living Dummy, but remember Slappy chokes him? Yeah. And, like, Trigger kind of goes crazy, too. Oh, man. Anyway, there's, they're on there's their way. A, uh, my favorite Goosebumps book 
from the series 2000 mm-hmm. is Jekyll and Heidi. Mm-hmm. And there's a sequence in there where a hamster dies. <gasps> no. Yeah. It's, and it was always really traumatizing for me to read. And I always thought Jekyll and Heidi was such a dark adult book with like adult themes. And they like, this girl just like squeezes this hamster to death. No. Because she's just holding it in her hands and she gets really upset about what she's talking about and accidentally kills the hamster. It's really, de- really hard for me. Like, it took me a long time to get over that as a kid, but it's still my favorite. That. I know. Is that terrible? No, that makes you want to cry. I know. So I just thought I'd bring it up now. Great. Anyway, so they are on their way to Mudtown, which is deep in the swamp. Of they're on their way to S-Town. In southern Georgia. They're, uh, and I was about to make an S-Town joke, and it didn't even leave the back part of my brain. Yeah. Um. And I, that's fine. It can stay there. I want. I want to talk about what they look like just for a second. Gretchen looks like her dad. She is. T- she's tall. She's long, straight, blonde hair and green eyes. <laughs> and Clark looks like his mum. He's very short, very short, with curly brown hair, eyes, brown eyes, and um, glasses and lots of freckers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said freckers because I was about to say that. Clark loves to scare himself reading these scary comic books. Com- comic books like creatures from the muck comic books like you can't scare me and he absolutely believes everything in the books like no it's real and gretchen's like "Ugh, why are we staying with grandpa eddie and grandma rose i hadn't seen them since i was young and the dad's like well you know what they don't really like to leave the swamp they don't you know they never leave the swamp one thing i like about gretchen and clark in this book is that like you know Clark's, I guess, eccentricity or whatever is that, like, glasses, scaredy cat, comics. But, like, there's not really an annoying brother or sister. And there's, like, no bullying in this book, really. You know what I mean? There's not. Like, there's a lot of, like, I've been reading a lot of Goosebumps um, Slappy World lately, um, which are, like, the latest Goosebumps books. I'm just dating ourselves. Um, in case you guys don't know, Goosebumps books are still being written all day, every day for the rest of time. Thank God. But there's just some of the bullying is exhausting, you guys. I am sick of it. But not with Clark and Gretchen. So they are driving, you know, it's getting dark and they go, there's this scare. The first scare moment of the book is them driving across this old wooden bridge. And it's like, are they going to make it across? But then there's a big bang and uh, one of the the back tires, it's a flat tire and they swerve and they fall off the bridge. But it's a really low bridge. So they're fine. And while dad is changing the tire, Gretchen and Clark go off exploring the swamp. And Clark is like, I am not having it. But Gretchen's like, come on. And they see all these sites. Cypress trees, which I ha- which I googled. Oh, I didn't do that. And Cypress that and Arl Stein gets a little edutaining here and talks about cypress knees, which are which come up a few times. Yes, literally, <laughs> they are <laughs> roots from cypress trees that sort of push up from the ground and make what look like very sharp knees that poke up from the dirt and the oh, swamp. Oh, I just I mud. just googled cypress trees. Oh lord. Yes. Um it's it's kind of interesting, I think. And there obviously there's a bunch of really scary sounds and howls and I was thinking about all the scary sounds in this book and mm. I wanted to howls are always used as something that's very scary, right? Yeah. yeah. Why are howls scary? Like, genuinely, I was like, I want to get scared by a howl, but I just can't see myself getting scared by one. I think it's scary because it's, like, almost human. Interesting. I like that. 
like there was, I think I, I've told this story on this podcast before. Um, I think like 42 episodes ago, but it was like, um, uh, uh, you know, one time my friend Shane, he was just sitting alone in his apartment and it, his apartment is like one, it's a studio, but it was like a two story studio. There's like, it, it's a, it's a cool place. He was sitting downstairs and like, there's like, it's like, it's like an open apartment. So it's like, you can look up and you'll see like a balcony and then there's like stairs leading up there to this like bonus like second floor kind of. Yes. And he heard a man scream upstairs right in his second floor. And Shane was just sitting downstairs like in the living room watching TV or something. And then it was like a man's really loud like screaming bloody murder like in the same room as him but like up in the little balcony what area. What was it? And he never he never found out. What do you mean he never found and out? And he didn't have any neighbors on that side. And so he was like, there is a ghost man in my apartment who was really angry or scared. And he just, he it was just really terrifying. He never knew where it came from. I remember he came to work the next morning and he was like, there's a ghost in my apartment. I was That's like, oh my God. That's very scary. So I think of that because I think of like a howl is like, you know, it's, it, there's it, something. Is it a sign of a threat? Kind of, or there's something human-like about it. You know what I mean? Where it's like, the, like right. a bark is one thing. A bark's like just a noise that, like, a reactionary thing from an animal. But like, I, what pain I pain is like a, a warning that something's wrong. Yeah, like a howl is like a choice. You know what I mean? Like it's like a, it's and it could be like half human. All right, all right, I'm down with that. Um, uh, co- comment below about wh- what kind of howls scare you. Please leave a message in the comments about different howls. Yes, please. You promise. Um, so they're exploring the swamp and they hear these strange noises and they turn around and there's this swamp creature that jumps out at them and Gretchen describes it as tall, black, and huge. With black, like, uh, darker, like, so dark, she says it's darker than the swamp, black swamp mud. And it has red glowing eyes. And it attacks them. And then it's actually just their dog, their golden retriever, Charlie. <laughs> for a second, it sounded like, remember there's that monster thing, dog that, like, appeared and you can't scare me for no reason and then disappeared to the woods and never came back? Yes. I was thinking that. And then for a second, I was like, I was like, Knowing Arl Stein's ass, I'm like, this is probably fucking Charlie that that Arl Stein is saying has glowing red eyes, but it's just fucking Charlie. I can never trust glowing eyes. No. I just can't. No. So it's Charlie and the parents are short, shortly behind and they're like, oh, where have you been? We fixed the tire. So they drive, uh, they keep driving to the house and this house is hidden behind these cluster of large large trees large large knees and once they get there they realize that this isn't a house it's a castle uh-huh. and the castle is three stories tall made of dark gray stone there's like a stone turret on one side a chimney and there are only three windows i really had to think about this i really have to think about this only three windows one on each floor rl stein says and gretchen is like this place is creepy as all Hits. I know. They go inside and they say hi to Grandpa Eddie and Gra- Grandma Rose. Grandpa Eddie is like pretty much deaf and yells really loudly. And there's like a bunch of, you know, s- s- short jokes about him misunderstanding what people are saying. Uh-huh. And Arlstein's it's like, got to get his jokes in there somehow. It's like, what took you so long? And the dad's like, oh, flat tire. And he's like, oh, you're tired? Well, come on in. Yeah, there's a bunch <laughs> of stuff like that. Laughs are on the line. 
And Grandma Rose smells like a little musty. Gross. And they come into this really, really large room with an iron chandelier, this enormous fireplace, all this furniture, black and white photographs all over the place. And Gretchen's like, oh my gosh, this room is huge. All the rooms in this house are huge. And Grandma Rose is like, you guys must be hungry. And they go into the kitchen and she ha- she's baked like eight chicken pot pies for them. <laughs> and they eat them and Charlie... As they're eating these these pies, Charlie starts barking at nothing. And they're like, oh, what is wrong? What is wrong? And then the dog gives away the grandparents' secrets, and they have to eat it, like the end of Ghost Beach. Yes, and it turns out the grandparents are ghosts. They're Agatha and Brad. Christy. And they go into the, I don't know, back into that other room and sit after dinner and, and are just talking. Gretchen and Clark are so bored because there's no TV, no phone. He showed up wearing no tie and there's no car. They're like, yeah, oh, the car's in the shop. It should be fixed in a couple days. Yeah, we can't even leave, but like, whatever. And they're like, yeah, like, we don't like... Um, how their mail works is like some man who works in town brings them messages written on a pink piece of paper and he like, comes once a day to leave them messages and things like that. What? So they're like, all right, it's time to go to bed. The parents are spending the night but are leaving early in the morning to go to Atlanta. And Grandma Rose is like, oh, tomorrow will be so much fun. You'll help me make my famous rhubarb pie. It's so sweet. Your teeth will fall out after one bite. That's the scariest thing I've heard so far in this book. I don't know. Sounds good to me. Clark and Gretchen go up these creaking stairs down this long, wide, winding hallway to their gloomy old rooms. Gretchen says her room is as big as a gymnasium, but the only thing in it is her bed, one lamp, and a dresser. And no window. Isn't that weird? I had to really, like, sit down and imagine this. Like, I had to think about this. A room as big as a gymnasium with just, like, a scratchy old scritch bed, a dresser... And, and it's like a, the dresser is like warped and falling apart. Just like my life. And she can't go to sleep because she keeps hearing these terrifying howls coming from the swamp. Ah-woo. So um, in the morning, Gretchen gets up, puts on her favorite t-shirt. It's like, I can't even tell you what time of day it is because I don't have no windows in here. Pink's her favorite color. Just like rhubarb. So she... she Her shirt's so sweet, it'll make your teeth fall out. So she, she peeks After out the window, the bite. only window on the second floor, which is across the hall from her room. And she's like, oh, she hears more shrill cries and howls coming from the swamp. And she's, and she's literally like, I wonder if it's monsters. I wonder if it's monsters out there. And then she bursts into Clark's monster room. Calls. And she sees that Clark isn't in his room. In fact, there's only crumpled sheets on his bed. And, she's, oh, no. and she thinks to herself... Was there a fight? Was there a struggle? Is and then Clark she sees that his dad? PJs are on the floor, and she says, oh, no, that's all that's left of him. And she screams, no, no. And then she, then he steps out of his closet, and he's getting dressed. He's like, what's the problem? I'm just, what? And she's like, oh, nothing. I just, uh, uh, I don't uh, know. My blades. And so they all go downstairs. To Isn't he wearing a t-shirt, pajama pants, and shoes or something? Yes, which I think is very cool. Yeah, I wish I could dress like that. So you do. So they get to, no. they get to the kitchen Not for really. breakfast, and the back doors open, letting in a little bit of light. Otherwise, it's real dark in there because there are no windows. And this is where the blueberry pancakes yes. come in. Grandma yes. Rose serves them, you guys, serves them mountains and mountains. 
mountains at least 10 plates filled with blueberry pancakes. Shit, girl. All I want is blueberry pancakes right now. I want a blueberry milkshake. Ooh, I want to go to IHOP. Maybe maybe I can walk to IHOP after this. Yeah, that sounds great. And she is an absolute mess, has pancake batter all over her face. She has blue streaks and smears and flour all over her face, just covered in that blueberry pancake batter all buttery and sticky and sweet and she kisses them and they it gets pancake batter all over them it gets they, all over their naked <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like uh, clark is like oh my gosh there's so many pancakes what is the deal you know what i mean like what is the deal i've never heard of too many pancakes oh you and while they're having breakfast gretchen remembers oh i forgot we got uh, Grandma, Grandma Rose and Grandpa Eddie love mystery books. I have mystery books as gifts for them upstairs in my suitcase. I better go get them their mystery books. So she goes upstairs, and while she's upstairs, she sees a shadowy figure in the hallway. No, please. It has glowing red eyes, and it's darker than the black mud. And she's like, who could it be? She saw that Grandpa Eddie was outside. There should be no one else in the house. The parents have already left. Like, who is this? It's and a she... monster. I know it is. And she follows the shape around corner to corner and sees that it it is Grandpa Eddie. How did he get upstairs carrying a silver platter absolutely topped with blueberry pancakes? Oh, wow. You couldn't tell the difference between his face and the blueberry pancakes. And she's like, what is he doing up here? And she's like, follows him pretty closely and, and like, Tyna doesn't care because he's totally deaf. And so, but Charlie shows up and starts barking, and he and Grandpa Eddie kind of turns around and is like, "Rose, is that you?" And she's like, "Charlie, stop!" So she comes back downstairs, and Grandma Rose is like, "Why don't you guys go outside and play in the backyard?" And Char- Clark's like, "Play? How old are we?" And Clark's like, "Twelve." <laughs> Clark's like, "I don't know. I don't think we should go out to the swamp." And Gretchen's like, "What? Is there gonna be a man-eating gator out there?" <sighs> and Grandpa Eddie is back outside again. And is carrying a saw and is like, do you guys want to help me build a shed? No. And they're like, later. And he's like, you mean gator? And then they yell as a dark figure rises from the grass. No, please. And Clark trips over and screams, it's a gator, it's a gator, gator it's a gator, gator, gator. And then Grandpa Eddie's like, later? Okay. And they see that it's not a gator, it's just one of those cypress knees. How to kill a cypress knee. So they go back inside and they help Grandma Rose make her very special rhubarb pie. And Mm. she makes three rhubarb pies. Wow. And they're like, hey, Grandma, why are you making three? And she says, oh, just in case company drops in. And they're like, is she totally losing it? Bitch, there's going to be no company's asses up in here. Grandpa Eddie comes in and tells them that, you know what? You guys should explore the house. But you know what? Um... You should absolutely stay away from the room. The room at the end of the hall on the third floor. It's um, it, it's a supply room and it's filled with things that could break easily. So you, yeah, you, you should yeah, you should go in there. Uh, yeah, just stay out of there, okay? But you can explore every other room. In fact, we encourage you to explore, explore, explore. But don't explore too much. But explore a whole lot. But not just this one room, okay? Okay. Do you promise? Does that make sense? So they check out the library downstairs, which is cool, and then they follow like. 
the hallway on the second floor and they go past grandma and grandpa's room and they find this room full of boxes old newspapers and like sour dour dusty musty boxes yes for newspapers over like 50 years ago like wow tons of newspapers and filled with magazines and gretchen reaches into one of the boxes and feels something tickle her and she realizes there are hundreds of cockroaches in the box oh no la cucaracha and they crawl all over her in her t-shirt on her neck oh, in Dios her mio. face and Clark uses a magazine to smack them off of her. But as he does that, more cockroaches fly out of the magazine and oh, land I all hate inside it. her Please mouth. Please make it stop. Please. It's so gross. And then she uses Clark's comic book to smack them off of her. It's oh, no. So Creatures gross. from the muck. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. So... Gretchen is like pretty shook, but she still wants to keep exploring. Clark's like, I don't know. And they go into the next room, and the next room is full of old toys and it's games. It's filled with games and toys, like a rusty old trike and old toy soldiers. This stupid broken chess set and this porcelain doll that has no eyes. Oh no, please. There's also this creaking rocking horse that's moving all by itself. No. And they're absolutely, totally freaked out. Out. Get me out of here, please. And they please. say, I'm sorry, but I've got to get out of here. And Gretchen shuts off the light and turns around and sees that Clark is gone. Clark, where'd you go? Clark, this isn't funny. Clark. And she starts searching the halls and she's like, where is he? And then he jumps out and scares her by screaming, boo. I, You know, in the trading card, it was like, Clark is a total scaredy cat. But, like, Clark is the one who's scaring Gretchen's ass. Like... I don't even know. This whole book is them going back and forth saying, I scared you, and them saying, I know I wasn't scared. I'm not scared. And it's like, but you were. It says, no, I scared you, but you weren't scared. That's kind of like every Goosebumps book, though. I mean, that's that that's pretty accurate. Yeah, so, I love it. I know. I absolutely love it. No, I love it. No, I love it. No, I wasn't scared. And they go upstairs and they're like, let's play hide and seek. <laughs> or it's Clark that says it, right? Yeah. Clark's like, let's go play hide and seek, not it, and runs off. And Gretchen's like, yeah, he oh. smacks her little head and says, you're it, and runs away. So Gretchen counts to 100, follows like the hallway. This is They're on the third floor, by the way, at this point. Mm. And, oh, no, the, uh, sorry, they're still on the second floor. Mm. My bad. They go, she follows the staircase up to the third floor. Mm. And it goes round and round. We're never gonna stop. All the going. way up. And it's, I, I, I like to point out that, that it's, um, all the walls are dark green. I think that's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. That's how I always imagined it. Covered so up, in blueberry pancakes. They go up the stairs. Gretchen finds one huge room empty, another room huge empty and then this other room with a player piano in it and she's like gosh it's so hot up here but i love this piano maybe i'll come and play it later because i love hot piano (laughs) she turns the corner and screams as she falls to her death there's no floor there's no floor anymore so but as she falls she manages to grab onto a banister and swing herself up and realizes that there's a hole in the floor where an old staircase once stood so there used to be a staircase, but it was so old and rotted in debt that it collapsed and disappeared. But the banister's still there. So, like, you can always grab the banister. So she continues to search for Clark. He's a door at the end of the hallway with this um, tarnished old silver key, not gold like the front of the book, but silver key in a lock. And she's like, that must be the supply room. And she starts to go up to it, but then it's like... 
should I go in and check it out? No, Grandma and Grandpa said I shouldn't. They expressly said not to go in there. So she says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start hiding. And Clark will get so bored that he'll start to look for her instead. Ah. But then she realizes all these rooms are empty except for the piano. So she doesn't even know where she could hide. But then she sees that, she's, that there's a dumb old waiter. Oh, wow. There's, a dumb waiter. The headless ghost. There's a dumb waiter in the hall. And she says, yes, I'll hide in there. But then as she's about to hide, she hears a crash come from the supply room and she listens at the door and hears footsteps <sighs> and she realizes Clark Clark Grandpa Eddie and Grandma Rose told us not to go in there and now your ass is hiding in there <laughs> not on my watch so she turns the key opens the door and is like I'm gonna go in and grab it and then she stares right at a hideous monster I will have to say I will have to say very soon that um I was impressed with how quickly we got to monsters in this book. Yes. Um, Because sometimes it's like, you know, you're reading a Goosebumps book and it's like page 86 and you're like, wait, nothing's happened yet. But I was like, y'all, we're about to get into monster territory right the fuck now. And here we go. Would you describe the monster for me, please? Yes, I can do that. The monster was 10 feet tall with a furry body of a gorilla covered in tree roots and sand and leaves with a long sharp with long sharp alligator jaws and two big eyes on the sides of his head and a putrid smell so basically gorilla body alligator head yeah but not necessarily green like is drawn on the cover of the book and um doesn't look at all like the quote bog monster end quote that's in the goosebumps movie no that's not the same thing and that's just laziness if you ask me yeah because there is no bog monster in any goosebumps book um just like there are several characters in the goosebumps movies that don't exist in any goosebumps book bye The monster kind of stares at her for a second, but then keeps eating its blueberry pancakes. Same. And then stops to even eat a black beetle that's crawling on its arm. Sick. And Gretchen takes a step back. This monster's kind of gross. It is. There's some really gross stuff that happens later with it that's honestly so gross it made me feel sick. You know, this it's the TV episode that made me feel physically sick, Ew. honestly. But we'll, we'll get there. So, um, it's... Gretchen takes a step back in and then it really notices her and growls and starts to kind of come after her a little bit. And Gretchen runs down the hall screaming, runs into Clark and Clark's like, what? She's, there's a monster. He doesn't believe her. And then he walks he like, into the room. He like, he's like, yeah, right. Like goes into the room and then she like hears him screaming and then he comes running out. Yes. I love that this isn't a fake out here and that Charlie, like, uh, I'm sorry, Clark runs down screaming and then Charlie shows up bounds up the stairs is barking at the monster and they all run down the stairs together forever uh, the creature following after them like just like bellowing is how arlstein puts it um calling after them charlie like really wants to like stay on the stairs and howl and attack it but gretchen has to pull him clark's like totally froze and Gretchen's like, come on, we've got to get out of here. We've got to get out of here. And they hear that the monster's getting closer and closer, following following down the stairs. And Gretchen's like, we need to, we need to get, to, we need to put Charlie, lock him in the bathroom downstairs. And then we need to run and get Grandma Eddie and Grandma Rose. So they do that. And they search every room, but realize that Grandma Eddie and Grandpa, I mean, sorry, Grandma Rose and Grandpa Eddie are nowhere to be found. What? Where did Grandma Eddie and Grandpa Rose go? And they uh, he, uh, they hear that the monster's getting closer and closer, but then they hear a noise outside. 
and oh, oh no I'm sorry not yet then they decide that they must be outside so they go to check to see if Grandpa Eddie and Grandma Rose are outside and they don't see them anywhere in the backyard through the kitchen through the window I, or I don't know the window in the back door or something and then then they hear a car in the driveway and they're like oh that must be them so they run to the front door and I guess there's a window in the front door as well I don't know because the only other window on the first floor is in the library. I had a hard time following. Yes, a little confusing. And they see through the window in the front door, I think, that their car is backing out and driving away. And Gretchen's like, where are they going? And so she like goes to run outside after Grandma and Grandpa driving away. But then she realizes that the door is locked from the outside. She can't get out of the house. Like, what? And then they hear crashing upstairs so loud that pictures in the living room start falling off the shelves and off the walls. And they start running around everywhere, and they check every door, every place to get out of the house, but they realize everywhere that they are locked in. Bolted shut, and even the windows are nailed in from the outside so they can't get out. And... Gretchen's like trying the window in the library and is pounding on the sash of the window and they see two rusty nails like stuck in the window and they're like oh we have to break the glass but as they're about to break the glass they hear the piano from the third floor being thrown around on the second floor I guess so fucked up and crazy and terrifying louder and louder and the banging of the piano is so loud that thing like books from the library start falling like falling off the shelves an avalanche of books and eventually it stops because the piano throwing stops and gretchen's like all right we've got, i got this candlestick we'll throw it out the window and then we'll we'll break out we'll, we'll, we'll break out of the house and then they hear charlie whimpering from the bathroom oh no and the bathroom's on the second floor by the way and gretchen and clark sneak upstairs to check to make sure charlie is fine and he is he's just whimpering in the bathtub and then they hear a car again and they're like oh grandma and grandpa are back i knew they wouldn't leave our asses in a house with a monster and lock us in and they see that there's a they they run to the front door window I guess and see that a car another car is driving away from the house and that there that a pink note has been slipped under the door a pink slip and they see that the note is is from their parents and it's it's a note that says hey guys work is gonna take a little longer than we thought we'll be back in one week bye <laughs> and Gretchen's like oh this is crazy and turns around and sees that Clark is gone no and then they hear the monster roaring from upstairs and and gretchen's like clark and he's like i'm in the kitchen and clark is like i'm in the kitchen hurry hurry and the way he's screaming at her gretchen thinks the monster is in the kitchen like attacking him or something so she runs towards the kitchen trips over a footstool and hits her head really hard But he keeps yelling and yelling and yelling. And she's like, I've got to save him. I've got to save him from the monster. And she gets into the kitchen. There's no monster. But he's just standing there by himself uh, and with uh, pointing at two letters that, that have been left on the fridge. Lettered, uh, uh, numbered one and two. And they're like, what is this? Clark tears open the first letter and reads it in absolute horror. Okay, so um, I'd like to resent to the the court evidence of the worst grandparents in the history of time. Um, exhibit A. Exhibit A. <clears throat> Dear Gretchen and Clark, we're sorry we had to do this to you, but we had to leave. A few weeks ago, a swamp monster invaded our house. We captured it in the room upstairs. Then we didn't know what to do with it. We didn't have a car, so we couldn't get to a phone to call for help. 
We lived in terror for the past few weeks. We were afraid to let the monster out. It's so loud and angry all the time. We know it would have killed us. We didn't want to tell your parents about the creature. If we did, they wouldn't have let you come. We don't get many visitors here. We wanted so much to see you. But I guess we were wrong. You should have gone to Atlanta with your mother and father. I guess we were wrong to let you stay. We've been feeding the creature, slipping food through an opening grandpa sod in the bottom of the door. The monster eats a lot, but we had to feed him. We were afraid not to. We know it's unfair to run off now. But we're just going for help. We'll be back as soon as we can find someone. Someone who knows what to do with that horrible beast. Sorry, kids. We really are. But we had to bolt you inside the house to make sure you didn't wander into the swamp by yourselves. It's not safe out there. Sorry, kids. We really, really are sorry, but just remember one thing. You are perfectly safe, as long as... And then the monster screams and roars from upstairs, and Clark drops the letter, and it slides under the fridge. Can you... This that that letter <laughs> is hysterical. It's ridiculous. It's perfect. <laughs> like the worst, the worst grandparents of all time. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. It's so so ridiculous. It's so absurd that I absolutely love it. Oh me! Oh my gosh! Me too. So they are they they realize the monster's definitely on the second floor now because the ceiling above them is cracking and crumbling, and they try to get the letter from under the fridge, but end up sort of pushing it underneath like deeper, deeper, and they manage to push the fridge with all their might and shove it aside and grab it and continue to fin. Uh, they finish reading the letter. You are perfectly safe as long as you do not open the door and let the monster out. Please, please stay away from that room. Do not open the door. If the monster escapes, you will have no choice. You will have to find a way to kill it. That's it. You'll have to find a way to kill a monster. That's the end of the letter. It's it's ludicrous. It's hysterical. I love it. I know. It's 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 insane. So they grab the second letter. Remember there are two of them. And I when remember. they hear that they realize that or when they realize that the monster is now downstairs in the living room, which is basically the next room over, and they run towards the dining room, but Gretchen bangs into a footstool. Ouch. Ow, she's and looks up one and sees clumsy the, bitch. <laughs> looks up and sees that the monster is in the kitchen coming towards them. Its bulging eyes, its veins throbbing in its head under its coarse, scaly alligator's skin. And they they scream, run! They run up the stairs and Clark stops, stops saying, we should probably hide. And then Grandpa Eddie and Grandma Rose will be back soon. And I'm like, stop 
obviously now run you idiot (laughs) why did you stop plus they grandparents asses ain't coming back like them them some shitty guardians gretchen said the same thing where she says yeah right they're not coming back plus no one like no one will ever believe them in town when grandpa grandpa eddie's like there's a monster in her house so they see that the monster's staring at them from the bottom of the stairs and they run past they, they continue to run around on the second floor past the bathroom to check on charlie and they're like we've got to get we've got to get charlie and clark's like or clark's like we've got to get charlie and gretchen's like he'll be fine he'll be fine and because be they find why is he in this book because they've stopped again they see that now the monster has gained on them and is upstairs staring at them from the end of the hallway holding this footstool in its arms and it smashes the footstool against its knee it's and so ridiculous it's hurl, like knee. hurls the pieces of the footstool at them and gretchen's like i have an idea so they run upstairs with the monster right behind them every step that he makes shaking the house she says clark there's a as they're running she's like clark there's a missing stairway at the top and we're gonna run and he's gonna fall into it we need to grab the the, the banister as soon as we turn the corner Do you understand? okay go and it all happens very fast and they turn the corner jump grab the the banister and sort of dangle off the edge and the monster like almost falls over stops and sort of like wobbles death becomes her for a second and then they're like oh gosh is it gonna fall is it gonna fall wobbly wobbly. and gretchen uh arlstein through gretchen says is it gonna work will it work is this the way to kill a monster (laughs) and then it's glowing red eyes stare at them and then falls deep deep down 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 crash and then there's silence dead and it's too dark to see down there, but they're like, we know that it worked. It totally worked. So they swing themselves up. They grab Charlie. They take him down to the library. And they're like, all right, now we're going to break out with the window. Oh, wait, I left my candlestick in the bathroom. So Gretchen runs back upstairs to get the candlestick. And then she hears that the monster's growling and realizes, oh, it's definitely not dead. It's still alive. And it's very close by. That wasn't how to kill a monster. And she screams for Clark. And he's, he's in the kitchen giving Charlie some water. And... They sh- and Gretchen runs in. They shove Charlie into a closet, and Clark is like, "This isn't a closet. It's a room." And Gretchen's like, "I don't care. Just put him in there. What? Who cares?" And then they see Grandma Rose's rhubarb pie, mm. and Gretchen's like, "Let's leave out. Let's leave the pie out on the counter, as if there was any other thing they would do with the pie." And she says, "Let's. I have an idea. Let's um. Let's fill it with poison." So she lifts the crust off the rhubarb pie and and th- and starts to put a, an obscene amount of stuff in it. Would you read off the list of things that they put in this pie? Yes, they put in a jar of turpentine, drain cleaner crystals, a jar of rat poison, a jar of ammonia, a can of orange paint. And a handful of mothballs, and then sprays the top of it with bug spray. So as they're waiting for the monster to come in, Gretchen sort of says to herself, reminds herself of the words that Grandma said about her rhubarb pie. It's so sweet your teeth will fall out after one bite. And she sa- Gretchen says to herself, it better do more than that, I told myself. It better kill a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So they hide under the kitchen table. The monster comes in. His arms swing and knocking things over. And it stops and comes towards the table. And they're like, oh, no. It sees us underneath. It's going to get us. But right when it gets to the table, it turns away. Sniffs, is sniffing loudly all around the kitchen. Sniffing, sniffing pie. And then comes to the the oven. Rips the doors off of the oven. Like, rips them off their hinges. And sends the door flying across the room. Causing Clark to jump up under the table and bang his head. Ow. And let out a low moan. Ooh. 
And there are two pies. Remember, Grandma baked three. There I are two remember. pies still in the oven, and he gobbles them down real quick. And Gretchen's like, oh, no, Fresh he ate those two. I hope he's still hungry. And I'm like, of course he is. And... She and then, then Gretchen says, whispers to herself, "Eat our pie, eat our pie, eat our pie. Come on, please eat our pie, eat please, our please. pie, eat our pie, eat, eat our pie, 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 eat 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 our pie." And he sees the pie and shoves it down his mouth. And Gretchen says, "Yes, yes, he's eating our pie, chomping away at it, shoving more in his mouth." Chomped and shoved. Chomped Chomped and shoved. shoved. And then he licks his paws and rubs his stomach, and Gretchen's like, oh no, he cartoonishly likes this pie. Oh no. He licks licks it up with his reptile tongue. I was thinking about it. Alligators don't have tongues. I mean, they do, though. Do they? Yes, they do. I don't know about all that. I mean, I'm pretty sure they do. They just don't flick out and swing around, you know? Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so all of a sudden the monster starts grasping at his throat, choking, gurgling, and there's a deep rumble from with his stomach. He lets out a weak cry of pain and surprise and then falls over dead. Bye, bitch. They did it for real this time. And Clark throws his comic book that's always in his pocket, I guess, at the monster's head. And they said, we've. D-, he said, I'm done reading about swamp monsters. And... They go into Charlie, go into the little room where Charlie is, and they see that it's it really is this room with some shovels and a broom, and that there's a door at the other side of the room that leads to the outside, with a little glass window. Oh, oh my wow. gosh, it's gonna be great! That this this is gonna be great. This is how we're gonna get out. And they try to get out, but they realize the door, of course, is bolted closed. Oh no! Eat our pie. So Gretchen's like, "I'm gonna pick up the shovel. I'm gonna break the window, or we're gonna get out." But then they hear a noise behind them, and they see that the monster is alive, and has pushed his way into the through the doorway. And they have, and its eyes glowing dark red, and its yellow teeth bared. And Gretchen's like, "No, it's gonna eat us." So she uses the shovel to like swipe at him, and jab him in the stomach. And it screams, grabs the shovel, <laughs> snaps it like a toothpick, and throws it out the door behind him. And then it sees that Gretchen is eyeing the other shovel, so it grabs it before she can and throws it away. And she's, "Oh no, what are we gonna do?" And Gretchen's like, "I have an idea. The other letter. Read it. We have read to read it. the read other it right letter." Now. And I'm like, "What are you talking about? You don't have time to read some letter, girl." and Clark like fumbles with the letter trying to read it but of course they don't have time and the monster yanks Gretchen towards him this part makes you feel really sick this is very 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 gross this it is pulls, super gross you guys it pulls Gretchen up close to her to, to it and Gretchen sees that its eyes are actually deep dark pools swimming with worms sick and that his whole body is covered in thick moss and that his tongue is absolutely crawling with bugs nasty and she realizes that the monster is a living swamp ew she screams it yells back at her which I think is really fun Brr! and she beats at it with her free arm because it's holding onto her other arm and Charlie comes to save the day chomps on his leg but he kicks the dog across the room oh and it like is whimpering but, but Clark Clark very quickly goes, he's okay. And Clark grabs Gretchen's other arm. It's kind of like a tug of war for a second. But the monster throws Clark into the wall. Violence. And with its bug tongue, licks Gretchen Just fucking, down fucking disgusting. real good. And goes to bite off her hand. But then, and it, it takes so long to bite her. I'm like, what is it waiting for? I don't know. And it slowly, slowly leans down to eat her hand, eat her hand. But all of a sudden, it stops grabs his its throat, its eyes bulging, and says to her, You, you human? And she says, um, yeah, I'm a human. And the monster says, 
Oh no, I'm allergic to humans. And then his eyes roll in the back of his head. He lurches forward and crashes through the door leading to the outside and is dead in the moonlight. (sighs) Crazy. So, I mean, like, is there even any point unpacking this? There's not. Yeah, sure. So Charlie's already outside, and it's they realize that it's, it's nighttime already, which is crazy. And they start to run through the inky water of the swamp into the wo- into the woods and the swamp, past all these gross upraised roots, and it's misty and marshy and very gross and gurgling swamp sounds and piercing cries, and you get it. And once they're far enough away from the house, they're like, oh, let's stop for a second and breathe and... Um, let's we, did we did it. We did it. We did it. We killed the monster. We killed a monster. And Gretchen's like, oh, wait, I want to know what that other letter says. And Clark is like, I don't care. Gretchen's like, no, 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 no. I want to know. I want to know. So Clark pulls it open and Gretchen reads it. So I have no idea where the light comes from for them to be able to read it. But um, <clears throat> dear Gretchen and Clark, we hope you children are safe and well. We forgot one word of warning in the first letter. If the monster gets out and you do kill it and escape from the house, stay on the road. Do not go into the swamp. The monster's brothers and sisters live in the swamp. Dozens of them. We think they are out there waiting for him. We've seen the monsters in the swamp. We've heard them whistling to each other every night. They're unhappy that their brother was captured. They're waiting for him to return. So whatever you do, stay out of the swamp. It's not safe out there. Stay out of the swamp. Good luck. We love you. So I'm going to read the beginning and the end of the book. (laughs) Why do we have to go there? I wailed from the backseat of my car. Why? Gretchen? Clark choked out my name. Do you hear that? What is that sound? What is it? Uh, it sounds like a whistle. That's what I thought, he whispered. What do we do now? Any ideas? No, Clark, I replied softly. I don't have any more ideas. How about you? The end. So let's talk about the TV episode. <laughs> the book is great, I think. I think the book is great. It fizzles a little bit, the end for me. I mean, like, I it have does. to, like... It it, it, it it smacks of R.L. Stein being like, I have this great premise, and how do I, how am I going to fix it at the end? I think it's like... I mean, I know this is a kid's book called How to Kill a Monster, but it smacks of, like, total groan when it's like... The monster, like, didn't realize they were human, and he's, like, allergic to humans, and then the monster can speak, and, like, why did they trap the monster in the house? Like, why did they just, like, let it free? Yeah, like, it don't make no sense. Yeah, I like the idea of these whistling alligators trying to find their brother, but, like, whatever. Yeah, that's very sexy. So, the TV episode, uh, uh, is... Hot crap. <laughs> It's not good, you guys. It's, it's not. Season 2, episode 18, it aired February 1st, 1997. That's... Not long after this book came out, which I think is pretty incredible. Almost too soon, to be honest. So, there are a lot of things wrong about this episode. Um, Oof. The book, the episode starts off with them, Gretchen and Clark, getting out of a taxi and, like, being dropped off in the middle of the swamp and, like, Grandpa Eddie forgot to pick them up. In this, in the TV episode, 
um, Gretchen and Clark's parents are on a honeymoon. They just got married. And they just got married. So Gretchen and Clark, like, don't know each other that well. And there's kind of, like, this half-assed attempt at, like, brother, sister, we hate each other. And now we have to, like, bond together kind of thing that happens. Um... Clark is kind of like a sniveling, he's allergic. He's always like, my allergies. Like that kind of thing. And Gretchen is like blonde and like kind of bitchy and not. Like dresses, dresses super cool. Kind of, I guess. But like they get dumped off in this like swamp or whatever. And they're like, oh, no, what do we do? And it's like, oh, my stupid parents. You're, why do we have to get married? Why did they get married? And they see like a... Um, a sign that says like Rose's Red Hot Gumbo this way. So like Grandma Rose is known for her hot gumbo. And there's a few jokes about like what's gumbo or it's like that gummy stuff and it's like gumbo is like hot soup and it's like the why just call it that? There's all these like gumbo jokes. I don't know. And you guys it's definitely just normal forest with like some set dressing. Yeah. Like normal friendly forest with like some sweat dress some, some set dressing and some sweat dressing. Some g- twangy like True Blood guitar, like True Blood guitar. What's gumbo? It's grandma's specialty. It's kind of like a thick soup. So why doesn't she just call it soup? Because it's called gumbo. Yeah, and so they just like make their way through the swamp. It's like True Blood for kids, sort of. And they like they find a house, and the house is not a castle, but it is like a. um, It's a miniature house that they only show one shot of, that looks like a toy house. Um, but and we we never actually see besides this one shot. And they just like make their way into this house, and there's like you know there are windows. It's vaguely leatherfacey, and yeah, it's like kids' Texas chainsaw. Yeah, and there's like alligator taxidermy all over the walls. There's like snake skin hanging, and it's very like alligator, alligator, whatever. And then like Grandma Rose kind of pops up, and she's kind of. Um, whatever, and she she keeps she calls Clark Gre- Craig like the whole time, and she like gives him some of her famous gumbo, and it's very hot. And it's like, oh, Grandma's gumbo is so hot. There's also this part where they like, like, oh, you guys are here. Oh, we must have forgotten. To, we must have forgot to pick you up. And there's this shot where this Grandma Rose like comes out of this room, and she goes to lead. Craig and Gretchen downstairs for gumbo and when she's leaving this room there's like this table with this white sheet over it like fucking Frankenstein and hanging out from underneath the sheet is this kind of like neon monster claw hand thing. Orange like brown orangey So we already know that like grandma's up to some shit and she's like what is she doing experimenting on this monster thing but it's dramatic irony because like we see it as an audience but Gretchen and Clark don't see it. And then like they're eating the gumbo. Grandpa Eddie comes in and talks about the gumbo for a little bit and Gretchen says a couple things and then a couple minutes later grandpa looks at her and says oh is that my Gretchy? I didn't even recognize you yeah it doesn't make any fucking sense like it's like who did you think those people were in your house and grandpa Eddie's like kind of gross and pervy looking and he's, he's like he a, makes me feel sick yeah he makes me feel really sick and he's, he's long like hair a, and like overalls he's and, like wearing sweaty not cool overalls and he kind of like comes in and he's like with a shotgun and he's like a hunter and yeah, it's gross. And this gumbo is delicious, Grandma. I've never tasted chicken done like this before. That's because it ain't chicken. It's gator. Needs more hot sauce. Hi, Grandpa. Little Grinchy. 
<laughs> I didn't recognize you. <laughs> You're growing like a weed. <laughs> Good to see you, too. And this is the newest member of the family, Craig Clark. And I really, that's when, when I was watching this, like, sequence of them, like, eating gumbo at the table, I was like, wow, this is totally Werewolf of Fever Swamp, Ghost Beach, Monster Blood, Scarecrow Walks at Midnight, all shoved together. But just, like, not, not as good. It's not. I do, I feel like the television episode for Werewolf of Fever Swamp and Ghost, Ghost Beach are oh. really strong. Scarecrow Walks at Midnight's pretty good, Monster Blood's okay. Werewolf of Fever Swamp is so great. And if you take all of those, this is, like, the poor man's version of that all shoved together kind of claptrap. So the rest of the house is not, like, as it's described in the book, it's basically just, like, a relatively nice house that looks a little dusty. There is the missing staircase that Gretchen comes across, um, and it's kind of, it's it's more it's more or less what I imagined it as in yeah, the book. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, very much, like, it doesn't feel like a home. It feels like absolute sets. Yeah, that's the, true. The TV episode is very setsy. And uh, uh, Gretchen gets up in the middle of the night to get some like water or whatever, and Grant and she runs into like it's a terrible scare moment with Grandma Rose and Grandpa Eddie, and they're standing in front of. There's only two. I think there's really only two floors in the house. Um, I mean, the, there's a there's a staircase staircase that leads to nothing, but there really are only two floors, and the the sort of supply room is across the hall, basically from Gretchen's room. And this is the one part of the episode I kind of liked was this ludicrous conversation that she has. With Grandma Rose and Grandpa Eddie about why they why she shouldn't go into that room. That's sweet. I I just wanted a drink of water. Well, you sure won't find it in there. Yeah, you sure won't. That's just there. An old storage room full of old storage things. Maybe tomorrow Clark and I can look around in there. No. no. It's uh, dangerous in there. Things might fall over. You wouldn't want to get crushed by a... By, by an old stored thing now, would you? They couldn't be acting more suspicious or skeezy. Like, these... The, the casting for the grandparents really does not read as, like, loving grandparents. It seems like pervy, old, swamp couple that's gonna fuck you up. Yeah, it's... It, 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 it makes me feel a little sick. Yeah, for sure. And basically, you know, la la lu, blah blah blah. Uh, Grant, uh, Grant, I don't know where that came from. Clark and Gretchen end up sort of chasing each other around the house the next day and see the missing staircase. They go into the supply room, and fu- pretty quickly, Gretchen just comes across the monster. And but she pulls the sheet off of the bed and sees this rubber dragon under the under the sheet. Yeah, there's like this wiggly, wet orange dinosaur dragon. It's a dragon without wings, is what the monster looks like. It does. And part of me was like, did they make this for the episode, or did they just find this somewhere? And they're like, that looks enough like a monster, and then they just put it into this episode. I think it's definitely that. One thing that I do like about it, though, is that, and as we'll talk about in mere moments. There's extended sequence of the monster chasing the kids, but they show the whole thing head to toe a lot, as opposed to like Saber, where you only see like its head and things like that, or like the werewolf and the werewolf fever swamp, you never really get a good look at it. This is like, you get a good look at the whole thing all the way through, and it's clearly a man in a suit with like a mechanical head that's all practical special effects, and I do appreciate that. Yes, what 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 kind of kind of bugs me is the the sound of the monster it's like an elephant it sounds like a tuba dying (laughs) 
Yeah, I wish it were a little... I wish it weren't that, frankly. Um, and so Gretchen, when she pulls the sheet off the table, the monster's just laying there and looks dead. I mean, its eyes are open and it kind of just looks like a plot. The idea is that, like, Grandpa Eddie shot it and, like, brought it inside. But it kind of, like, wakes up and... Well, like, she, she like, sees the monster kind of, you know... Barely freaks out, tells Clark about it. Clark goes in the room and is like, what are you talking about? It's gone. And then right then, they hear like a motorcycle or something and look outside a window and Grandpa and Grandma, Eddie and Are Rose, like off on this little buggy motorbike thing. They're like leaving on a motorcycle. And, and it's they, like, left a, they left a letter that says we've got, we've, we're, we've left on an important errand. Don't go into that room. Yeah. And the doors are bolted from the the inside, which is not possible. There are, like, padlocks on the doors, like, from the inside. Yeah. So how do they get outside? Well, it, wow, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sense. make any sense. And so basically, then the dinosaur dragon kind of comes alive and just basically starts chasing them around the house. There's a really terrible, like, brainless, contextless... Uh, uh, conversation that Gretchen and Clark have in the kitchen that's so bad and they're so dead inside. I wrote it down while we're watching it. I kind of want to memorize it and make Daniel and me do it as a scene. Oh, sure. When I was a kid or when we were younger, I would always, I feel like I would do that. I would like take scenes from TV shows, write it down on a legal pad, and I would literally, there's a scene from the OC I would make Daniel do perfectly. It's and we, true. I couldn't leave the room until I got it Like perfectly. Daniel actually had to be word perfect to say everything that Marissa Cooper, Misha Barton said on the OC. Otherwise, I wouldn't like let him continue with his day until he got it exactly right. And there's something about this scene that was so bad and so stupid that I kind of want to memorize it and have it be part of my life. Grandpa must have killed that thing while he was out hunting and brought it back here. Except it didn't stay dead. How come they didn't tell us about it? I don't know. Maybe they just forgot. How do you forget about a 10-foot monster in your house? Well, one thing's for sure. It's dead now. And it won't be coming back to life again. What? <sighs> ridiculous so they try and stop the monster by using the instead of pie it's the gumbo and they pour like they just make the gumbo very spicy and they're like yeah we'll just leave this spicy gumbo in this pot they just put they just put every ingredient in the kitchen in the gumbo and the the ingredients happen to be peppers and pepper And onions and hot sauce and more pepper. And of course it doesn't work. In fact, the monster like sort of sloppily loves it. It's really gross. It is very gross. He like slops around and it's not really eating it. He just shoves the puppet head in there and like warbles around in it. And But then it's like it is too hot and like smoke like comes out of the monster's mouth and it like falls over quote dead and quote on the ground with smork with with smork poing out of its mouth. <laughs> they they tr- they end up having to like they're like how do we get out of the house? They go into the basement. Yeah, they go into the basement and there's like and like all of a sudden Gretchen's like, "Oh, here's a coal chute. A coal chute used to keep these houses warm." I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Gretchen?" <laughs> and Rise right they're trying to argue about how to get up the poop chute. 
the the dragon dinosaur comes downstairs and like, uh, no, it's still alive. We didn't kill a monster. And there's this really stupid moment where like Clark like puts out his dumb old hands and he's like, here, Gretchen, step on my hands and climb up into the coal chute. And she's like, what about you? He's like, don't worry about me. Just go ahead. And so she like climbs up into the coal chute. The dinosaur dragon comes and it's like, oh no, Clark's going to die because the monster's going to eat it. So like, I guess Clark like Clark tries punch, to like, tries to punch the he monster, tries to but, punch the but monster, punches but, the inside of his mouth. But like, it, it doesn't really look like a punch. It just looks like him like sticking his hand into the monster's mouth. Right. And so, like, the monster, like, kind of, you know, backs away and sneezes and then, like, falls over and dies. And they're like, oh, it's dead. And then, like, after it dies, like, ten seconds later, its head explodes and covers Gretchen and Clark with, like, gray-green monster blood out of nowhere. And they're like, oh, wow, he must have been allergic. Well, what happens is they they get out and they're in the, in the woods and it's bright, sunny day. And they're walking around. They're like, I wonder what it could have been. And Clark sneezes. And Gretchen's like, allergies. He must have been allergic. And they're like, uh, oh, great. They're like, hey, wait. Let's figure out. Let's see if there's anything else on that letter. And on the back of the letter, like a like a a a streamlined version, the one we got in the book, it's like, oh, hi, by the way, Grandpa shot a monster. And PPS, whatever happens, don't go into the swamp after dark. And then this is... This is unforgivable to me. They look up at the sky. They're like, after dark, they look up at the sky, and the sky changes in front of them from bright sunny day to dark night. Like magic. Instantly. Like in, and they're like, oh, I guess it's night now. What are we going to do? The end. The end. It's slops, y'all. Well, I guess you guys now know how to kill a monster. You just stick your hand in its mouth because it's allergic to humans. Ooh. But I had a lot of fun reading this I one. I know. The blueberry pancakes were so good. I can't wait to get into Legend of the Lost Legend and just rediscover what I've what I've long forgotten. Mm, you're going to find what you've lost. <gasps> oh, you. Well, thank you for joining us in Mudtown, this sticky old, sweaty old, dirty old swamp. Yes, we had so much fun Look with you guys. Look out for whistling alligators. Thank you for sending your emails. We appreciate your feedback. I love your the emails. They're so fun. You can send an email to welcome to deadcast at gmail.com. We will almost always respond if we can um and reach out to us on instagram or twitter you know if you want my instagram is matthew underscore scott underscore montgomery and my twitter is irobot you jane and mine is danny mac 769 on both of those even though danny is not my name and neither is mac yeah <laughs> that's true cool guys so we'll see you i don't know in, in the woods yeah we're gonna head back into the woods not the swamp though Give me those words. Yes, yes. Meet us there. If If you dare. Wait. PPS. There might be more of them out there in the swamp. So we're locking you in until we get back. Whatever happens, don't go out to the swamp after dark. 